1: This is an RNZ podcast. Namahi nui and a very big welcome to episode 5 of the Kākāpō Files from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance. I can't believe we've already been doing this for a month. There's been so much happening in the Kākāpō world already and the action just keeps on keeping on. In Super Studs and Hitting the Reset Button... We're going to find out how the male kākāpō are measuring up in the popularity stakes. But first, the kākāpō team from the Department of Conservation are about to try something rather radical in their efforts to make as many kākāpō babies as possible. Being courageous and inventive is a bit of a hallmark for the kākāpō team. It's helped increase the kākāpō population from 51 birds to 147 birds in just over 20 years and they're out to make the most of this bumper breeding season. Time to give Kākāpō Programme Manager Deidre Beko a call on her mobile phone. Kia ora, Deidre. Kia ora, Alison. Where are you beaming in from at the moment?
2: At the moment, I'm beaming in from Fenua Ho, Codfish Island.
1: Now, I gather you have come to a big decision about what's going to happen in the next few days.
2: Yeah, we have. We've been discussing for a while the idea of re-nesting some of our kākāpō. With the early nesting this year, they've really handed us an opportunity to basically remove eggs from nests, shut the nest down, and encourage the females to go back and mate a second time and lay a second clutch. It's a pretty amazing opportunity. We have done it in the past. We've re-nested 12 kākāpō in the past, and eight of them went on to mate and lay eggs again. So it's an opportunity to get more than we bargained for this year.
1: Fantastic. And why are you going to do that?
2: It's really around productivity and increasing growth. So we know that we can hand-rear kākāpō with no problem. So if we remove those stress clutches and hand-rear the chicks uh, and the females do it all again, we could potentially really increase our numbers this year. I suspect one of
1: the reasons you're doing this is because we all know that kākāpō have a problem with infertility. So more than half... Is it of eggs laid are often infertile?
2: Yeah, that's right. So the season starts with a quite a lot of excitement at all these eggs being laid, but it steadily um, becomes a bit sober at times when uh, a lot of them are infertile. Uh, so we're seeing the same thing again this year, uh, particularly on, on Anchor, where we know a little bit more about our egg details. We've got about a 50% or slightly less fertility rate again this year. So there are very few kākāpō, they breed so infrequently and then we get this infertility on top of that. So anything we can do to increase uh, potential productivity is really worth a stab at.
1: Infertility has been really dogging the kākāpō conservation efforts. In 2016, during that breeding season, for example, the kākāpō produced 122 eggs. 59 of them were infertile. That's almost 50%. On the plus side, that's slightly better than the long-term average of 60%. Then the picture just keeps on getting worse. 47 chicks hatched, 34 fledged. They're pretty sobering figures, aren't they? So back to this week's update to find out how many nests the rangers have found so far on Anchor Island, where 19 out of the 21 females have mated. I
2: believe we're up to 16 nests that have been found on Anchor now and 38 eggs in total. So we know that 10 are fertile, although we have lost one as an early embryo death already, and 13 of them definitely infertile, and I think there's still 15 to to check still.
1: Okay, so that's quite a high number of infertile eggs. So when you're going to re-nest a female, what do you do?
2: It's done at night time when the female's off the nest, so a ranger will be alerted that the female has left the nest, uh, the ranger would be in a, in a tent, about 50 metres away from the nest, and there's a there's a doorbell. Basically, a chime goes off when the female leaves the nest and alerts us that we've got an opportunity to get in there and and remove the eggs while she's absent. She can be gone from anywhere from 20 minutes to well over an hour. So we wander up to the nest and carefully remove the eggs, put them into some wee polystyrene boxes, very well packaged in cotton wool, and then leave the area and she'll come back to that nest uh, and obviously it's, it's empty. Sometimes we'll block that nest up just to quicken the process of her re so she doesn't actually go in there and sit on an empty nest as such for a few days wondering what to do next and then we'll take those eggs back down to our porticom or our lab at the hut and we'll incubate the eggs and hatch the chicks um, and raise them
1: now, I suspect some people are thinking, that. Oh, gosh, that sounds like a cruel thing to do to a, to a female. But that could equally well happen just naturally anyway, couldn't it?
2: It definitely does. In fact, we've already seen that happen here on Senua Ho. So um, you remember we talked about Pearl a few weeks ago. Well, she was essentially remested naturally by her fight with the petrol uh, that ended in one egg being destroyed and the other two were, were brought back down to the hut that were infertile as it was. Um, but that that's the kind of scenario that can happen naturally anyway. And she actually, within three days, had mated again. So we're hopeful that she'll be on a nest um, sometime soon.
1: She mated within three days. That was pretty fast.
2: Yeah, it was. We were very surprised. In the past, it's sometimes taken up to three weeks before the females will mate again.
1: Out of curiosity, who did Pearl mate with again? Boss again. So she's chosen the same male. I'm going to interrupt again for a brief minute to tell you a bit more about Pearl and Boss. One of my favourite things about Kākāpō is that they are so rare that every individual has a name and we know their life story. So Pearl. She was hatched in 2002. Her mum is Alice and her dad is Wainbow. She was named after Pearl Island. Pearl started breeding when she was almost seven years old. Her first two chicks in 2009 were historic because they were fathered through artificial insemination. Those two chicks were Gemma and Wanma, and you'll hear more about them later in the podcast. Pearl's a good mother. In 2016, she produced three more chicks, Attenborough, Panga and Faulkner. Now her beau this year, Boss, he's one of the original kākāpō from Stewart Island. He was found there in 1989. These Stewart Island birds, we have no idea how old they are. His name Boss, by the way, he was named after one of the kākāpō dogs. He didn't do much for the first few years, until 2011 he'd fathered just two chicks. But he had a great year in 2016, fathering five chicks. This breeding season, it's the first time that he and Pearl have mated. OK, let's pick up with Deirdre again. Going back to Anchor, the team there have started closing down some of the nests, how many have they closed down?
2: Uh, They've closed down two so far, so we're just at the beginning of that process, but there'll be quite a few closed down over the next week to two weeks, so hopefully we'll see some of those females follow Pearl's lead and and quickly mate uh, and settle down to do it the second time, and if if that happens, uh, we're on to a real winner here. I mean, there's no guarantee that they will, and I'm sure some won't. Uh, but the the chance and the opportunity that's in front of us is, is, yeah, it's really worth taking.
1: So who are the nests you've closed down on Anchor?
2: We've closed down a nest uh, under Tiferi, her mother, and Hinitomai. Uh, so Hinitomai had three infertile eggs, so her nest has been shut down and she's left now. And Tiferi had two fertile eggs, which are safely tucked away in the potakom and in incubators, and then she had an infertile egg as well.
1: Hine Tomai is a female who was hatched in 2002. Her mum is Wendy and her dad is Wainbow. Wainbow is also Pearl's dad, so they are half sisters. In 2016, Hine Tomai successfully mated with Takatimu on Anchor Island and produced three chicks. Tifari hatched in 2009, so she's a bit younger. Her mum is Lisa and her dad is Basil who we'll hear about in a minute. In the 2016 breeding season, she produced the female chick Dusky. Anchor Island was first off the blocks in terms of nests this year, but Whenua Ho is not far behind.
2: We've got four nests on the go here at the moment, and of course we had Pearl's early one, which has been shut down. And of those four nests, uh, at the moment we've got four eggs that we know of, but there may be more. We've had a, a few females that haven't really revealed their nest contents to us yet.
1: And you're still having females mating there?
2: We sure are. Um, There aren't many to go, actually. I think we've had 21 out of 29 females mate here now, so there's still probably some second or third matings coming up. But, yeah, not many females left on the board.
1: Thanks, Deirdre. And among the first nests on Whenua is one belonging to Nora, an original Stewart Island female who is named after the North Wind. She's matriarch of the Wind Dynasty, All of her chicks have wind-related names, including her grandson Sirocco, the famous kākāpō spokesbird for conservation. Also nesting at the moment on Whenuahau is Solstice. She was the last kākāpō to be found on Stewart Island, at the winter solstice, in 1997. Now getting females to re-nest is like pushing restart on the breeding season. Everything goes back to square one in terms of waiting to discover who might be visiting who, under cover of darkness. And I thought it's about time we found out which male kākāpō have been getting in on the action. They're all busy booming, but are they all being successful? Here's Andrew Digby, our favourite kākāpō scientist, who's keeping track of what's happening on Anchor Island, for a start.
3: A real standout there is Takatimu. He's had 11 matings with six different females. Looks pretty astounding. Basil has had a lot of matings too. He's had six matings with three different females. Another male who has had a lot of matings but we can't exactly quantify is Horton. He, unfortunately, is not wearing a smart transmitter but we suspect he's had lots of matings from the amount of time that females have spent at his bowl. We'll find out more when we do genetic testing.
1: Whoa. Talk about success running in the family. Basil and takitimu, father and son. Basil is one of the original Stewart Island kakapo, and one of the most successful breeders. So far, he's produced ten offspring, including Tifuri. His son Taketimu, whose mum is Sue, is another one from the great year of two thousand and two. He bred for the first time in twenty sixteen and got off to a great start. He mated with five different females, including Pearl's daughter Gemma. Unfortunately. All the eggs were infertile except for Hine Tomai's clutch, which, as we've already heard, produced three chicks. Now, I'm really curious. So, you have this little cluster of birds who are super successful, who are really popular with the females, but you still have a lot of males who haven't mated. Is that right?
3: Yeah, that is very typical of kākāpō. It's often the case that some males will get lots and lots of matings, and other males who may even be close by to them, booming at a bowl very close by, get very few matings, if any, at all.
1: Do we have any idea what the females are responding to? You know, what might make that male super successful? Is it the bird? Is it the place? Do we have any idea?
3: No, we don't, actually. Um, There's been some studies have done, which is look at the acoustics. Is it something to do with the boom? For example, there's nothing obvious there, but it may well be that we're not, haven't been measuring quite the right variables. We do have a chance to test some of that because, for example, on Fenway we had a male, an individual male called Blades, who has been very successful in the past. In fact, he's been so successful we've actually moved him off the island. And this year, another bird called Moss has taken up residence near Blades' as old bowl. Has had. Some matings, but knowing nearly as many as, as late. So these sort of accidental experiments give us some more information, I guess.
1: So let's actually run through the roll call on Finuaho as well too. Who are your standout males there? Moss, obviously.
3: Moss has mated a couple of times with Sue. Boss has mated five times with three different females. And what's interesting this year is that some of the younger males have started to come into play. Wanma, for example, has mated three times with three different females. Komadu has mated with three different females. decor has mated with three different females. So I think it's a little bit more spread out on Fennoho this year. And we have some of these younger birds who maybe are like one only nine years old, are starting to mate. That may not bode well for fertility. We've found in the past that males who are less than 11, none of them have ever fathered chicks, ever had fertile eggs as a result. So um, we'll wait to see if that continues to be the case.
1: Brilliant. Well, all of this is going to have the reset button hit on it and we'll get to see again in a few weeks whether the same males are pulling all the females or whether a second lot of males perhaps get a go.
3: Yeah, that's right. It'll be really interesting to see what happens whether those same males get more matings. We've obviously never done anything on a scale like this before. So it's a, as well as increasing productivity, it's a, kind of an interesting experiment too.
1: Well, that'll please you since you're a scientist.
3: Yeah, we'll, it will we'll get more data, and mating data for kākāpō is always in very short supply, so yeah, that will be great.
1: So, Wanma. Is he going to be the new precocious super stud? Only time will tell. Now, I mentioned Wanma at the top of the podcast because his mum is Pearl. I guess one of the take-home messages from this week's podcast is that kākāpō are all rather closely related – That's what happens, I guess, when your population of just 147 birds is descended from a mere 51, not all of whom have made a genetic contribution to the population. Anyway, that's it for this week. I'm Alison Balance and this was Super Studs and Hitting the Reset Button, episode 5 of the Kākāpō Files, from the 17th of January 2019. You can find the podcast and useful information, including potted biographies of some of today's feature birds, at rnz.co.nz. Just search for kākāpō. Subscribe to us as a podcast. RNZ Kākāpō Files is in all the usual places. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public. If you can, I'd really appreciate it if you can rate and review us to help other nature fans find the podcast. To find out more about DOC's kākāpō recovery programme, look out for them on Facebook and Instagram. Kākāpō scientist Andrew Digby and I are on Twitter. My book, Kākāpō, Rescued from the Brink of Extinction, includes a complete list of names of all living and dead kākāpō. I'll be back next week with lots more breaking news about the world's favourite parrot. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening. Cheerio.